0: Hello and welcome to EDSO series, the podcast for smarter grids. My name is Dragomir, or just Drago, and I am saying hello to you from Brussels, Europe. Today, in our first episode, we have on the agenda a fascinating subject, the Energy Efficiency Directive, part of the Fit for 55 package. EDSO is, of course, very involved with the package, and just last week, in the last days of October, it submitted a feedback paper to the European Commission commenting, amongst others, the Energy Efficiency Directive. Today, we will discuss this directive and its relevance to electricity distribution. I have here joining me virtually from Essen, Mr. Thorsten Knopf, European Regulation at E.ON and Vice Chair of EDSO's Policy Committee. Hello, Thorsten. How are you?
1: Fine. Thanks, Drago. Glad that you have me on the
0: show. Thank you for joining us. So, we have Kind of to set the context, uh, the purpose of the Fit for 55 package, one of the biggest the commission has ever proposed in just summer this year, is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 55% by 2030 in comparison to 1990 levels. Can you explain a bit more how is energy efficiency important for climate goals? How can it contribute?
1: I think that we have extremely ambitious targets. Um, if you check out the Fit for 55 package, Um, You have reduction targets that are challenging in basically all member states and the European Union. And I'm convinced that we'll have to draw on all the resources we have in order to achieve these targets. I think that energy efficiency is something that cannot be ignored. And of course, there are other things like the transition to renewable energies, the integration of them into the system. But energy efficiency, in the first place, is an important contributor to the whole decarbonization effort. And then it, of course, has also, and we'll probably take a look at that later in our conversation, it has to fit in with the part of decarbonization that is the energy transition, that is the move to renewables. I'm convinced without more energy and efficiency, without increased energy efficiency, and without accelerated improvements in energy efficiency, we don't stand a chance to reach the fit for fifty five objectives.
0: Okay, but uh, it seems the proposal of the commission for the recast of the directive really mentions DSOs quite a lot. Could you explain how can DSOs be relevant to energy efficiency? How can they contribute to to this objective?
1: I think, one, first of all, the task of DSOs, of course, is to be a neutral market facilitator. We've been there for almost two decades now. And the other task of the DSOs, of course, is the integration of renewable energies into the electric system on both the um, generation side, that is integrating wind farms, solar panels, uh, PV installations into the system, but also on the consumption side, making sure that new active customers that maybe change their behavior are integrated into the system. And of course, new loads um, in the future, like electric mobility or heating, are integrated. That is a challenge. That's a challenge both on the generation and on the consumption side. And because it is so much of a challenge, a lot of things can go wrong. I think the, the the primary role of DSOs relevant to energy efficiency is to make sure that this integration is as smooth as possible with as few hiccups, losses, things going wrong as possible. That really, whenever there is a renewable generation, it's efficiently connected to the grid. Whenever there are active customers, they can use their activity and there are no unnecessary restrictions from the grid. And that, of course, new loads are also integrated in a smooth and a way that doesn't waste any energy. I think that's the main point that DSOs enable this energy transition for decarbonization in an efficient way. And that's our main and most important contribution to energy efficiency.
0: Okay, so it seems that uh, DSOs will have a very, very central role in this whole process. No surprise, I would say. It seems that one of the really the cornerstones of this proposal is the energy efficiency first principle. It's really uh, something that the commission uh, seems to attribute a lot of importance to. Could you say a bit more, how does this principle work and what are its implications for DSOs?
1: The energy efficiency first principle is indeed one of the cornerstones of the main components of the European energy policy. And this principle states that the main objective is to make energy both on the demand and on the supply side more efficient. So more efficient Of energy demand and energy supply. And you always have to take a look at that because it's the energy efficiency first. You first have to take a look at, can I increase the efficiency of energy supply or energy demand? But then there's one important qualification. This is not you always have to do that at all costs, but the energy efficiency first principle also says it has to be cost effective. And of course, you have to qualify that. You have to say, yes, we always take the first look at the energy efficiency first, according to the energy efficiency first principle, but then we also check for cost efficiency. So it's not energy efficiency at all costs, but taking the look first, checking this option before evaluating others. And I think that is something that we can wholeheartedly subscribe to saying, yes, we always have to evaluate, is there an opportunity for, uh, to increase energy efficiency on the supply and on the demand side? And then, of course, uh, if we say, yes, there is an opportunity, see it, uh, whether it's cost-efficient or not.
0: And what would you say is the role of DSOs in applying this principle? How do they fit in?
1: I think we also have to check our actions um, against that. What does it mean for wasting energy? There are different categories of that, but they always come back in planning, development and operation of electric systems. Asking ourselves, do we really contribute to not wasting energy by, for example, as I said before, by integrating renewables in an efficient way, both on the generation and on the consumption side? But then, of course, asking ourselves, is this cost efficient? So in the end, it's not avoiding loss, energy losses at all costs. It's about finding an optimal way to plan, develop and operate the system and not necessarily a maximum way that avoids energy or that guarantees the most energy efficiency at all costs. But it's, it's, it's everywhere. I think if, if you really get into the grain of this, it's everywhere in what DSOs do. So it's not just about developing the grid. It's also about the operation.
0: Thank you for explaining this. And now to kind of ask a bit more general question, I guess. Do you believe the proposal for the recast of the Energy Efficiency Directive, does it reflect sufficiently the way DSOs could help climate goals?
1: Well, I think we, we might address the, the topic of Article 25 a bit later in more detail. And I'd like to make clear that I think the Energy Efficiency Directive, but also the Fit for 55 package as a whole, has been, well, to be honest, it has been disappointing in this respect, because there are a lot of measures. It's a huge legislative effort. But if you take a look at, at distribution system operators, they only feature at a few specific points. And the development, the involvement of the role of DSOs doesn't really feature here. And the investment requirements, they don't really feature here, and the necessity to make that possible. And I'm aware that there are other legislative projects where that might come back. But I would have wished in such a, such a broad approach to what we can do in the energy policy to achieve our climate objectives, that, we, that that would have taken the DSO role more into account and would have been more specific and would have more, for example, for energy efficiency purposes, highlighted the necessity to make investments and to guarantee the right conditions for DSOs to make investments to set up guidelines for regulatory authorities on how to take, to take into account the efforts of DSOs to smartify their grids, to invest in lines, to invest in intelligent technology, and so on. So on the whole, to be honest, I think there are more could have been done to, even in the EED, but also in, in other, for example, in the in the recast of the Renewable Energies Directive, to acknowledge and further and um, promote the the role and the requirements for DSOs to fulfil that role in the future. And we don't have that much time left. So if, if we really take the the decarbonisation objective seriously. Uh, We'll basically have to do that now to provide the proper framework now. I'd hope that a few changes could still be made, that it could maybe be picked up in other legislative projects. But this is still something that has to be addressed.
0: So there is definitely room for improvement there. That's quite curious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would be curious to hear more about it. You already touched on Article 25 of the Energy Efficiency Directive, but uh, just uh, for the sake of our audience, I will say a few lines that the Commission proposal will require member states to oblige DSOs to map network losses and take, quote, cost-effective measures to reduce them, unquote. What is more, national regulatory authorities will be required to limit the possibility for transmission and distribution network operators to recover avoidable network losses from tariffs paid by consumers. So do you believe that this approach is really the best way to make DSOs contribute to the energy efficiency objectives of the the directive and generally to the energy efficiency objectives of climate neutrality? What do you believe, Thorsten?
1: I think that uh, there are both good aspects that we should welcome, and there are things that are maybe questionable in the new Article 25, which formerly was Article 15. I think that we, what we need is a new approach indeed for energy efficiency in electricity distribution systems. Uh, the old EED is from what is it? Like what, 2011, 12, something like that. Yeah, and I think something of, like of course, things have changed fundamentally since then. And that one was already focused on improving energy efficiency in the grid. That is mostly taking a look at the reduction of probably technical losses and providing incentives for that or taking uh, or having a reporting on. That, of course, is an important aspect. But we have to broaden the approach to look beyond the grid and and have, have a look at what DSOs do actually for, as I said, for the integration of renewables into the system and in all its complexity. And this is much more important than just reducing losses. And what we would need here in order to really to achieve energy efficiency is our, what, what I said before, what, what we need is the clear statement that we have incentives for investment, that we have incentives for investments, both, of course, in, in grid, traditional grid assets like lines and transformers, but also intelligent devices that enable us to smartify the grids that is the crucial role of DSOs in guaranteeing energy efficiency. And we have a bit of that in paragraph two of article 25, where where it basically talks about enabling a wider approach and taking everything into account. That is, of course, that that is very important, that we say the analysis, whether an energy efficient measure is, is justified or not, should take into account wider benefits. This is exactly the going beyond the grid just of focusing on what is happening within the grid.
0: Yeah, the point about uh, wider benefits and a more holistic approach to, to the energy system, I'd really like to hear more about it. I invite you to continue, of course.
1: I'm glad you emphasized that. And we, we also had open ears for that last year when we were in the process of taking a close look at the old Article 15 together with, uh, with a commission, with consultants um, hired by the commission in various workshops and basically there was a broad agreement saying yes the approach uh, DSOs are so important that the approach should go beyond the grid and not just being stuck within the grid. Then of course you have have this draft where you take a look at paragraph 3 of article 25 and there it says that member states and national regulatory authorities should really uh, take a lot of measures to ensure that, of course, the, the, the cost-effective, but that energy there's a reduction of losses to increase energy efficiency. That, of course, I think that probably can only extend to technical losses because non-technical losses are not not lost for energy efficiency. That's just a distribution issue. But this focus will result on in incentives probably in member states that will make it more difficult to invest properly in what's necessary to integrate renewables, because from time to time you'll just do something to have another cable to reduce losses. Um, It will also lead to a different way to operate the grid, more reducing these technical losses instead of making sure that the renewables are integrated in a holistic approach into the system. And it will probably not uh, enhance the uh, smartification, the necessary smartification of electricity distribution grids. So I think this is really slowing us down in the transition where we have to get too fast. I don't deny that reducing physical loss is a proper objective, but to put it so much into the focus, and then on paragraph 4, you also have to report on that, that will probably not help the the DSOs to adopt the new role, the DSOs to develop their grids into those smart grids that we are aiming at and in order to operate them in an optimal way to integrate renewables. So I think it's an opportunity lost. And it's not just an opportunity lost, but it's, it's completely counterproductive because what we have in here, the recast proposal, as we see it, is, is a lot more restrictive than what, what we had originally in 2011 in turn. I would wish that the Commission and the then later Council and Parliament would really recognize what the, the role, the, uh, the, the, the crucial role of DSOs in guaranteeing energy efficiency is. And this is not mainly limited to the reduction of physical losses.
0: Very interesting. So, you already touched upon my next question, more or less, but still, what should this article look like to incentivize such a more holistic approach to energy efficiency? What are the two or three things that could really be changed about it?
1: I don't think that especially paragraph 3 takes us forward in the current form but I do acknowledge the the objective to say we can't just ignore the possibility to have a cost effective reduction of uh, technical losses however I'm convinced that what the commission really wants is not to reduce the losses as such but to reduce the the carbon impact of the compensation for the losses so what I could pretty well imagine is Adapting that rule in order to save member states and NRAs have to provide proper incentives for DSOs not to reduce the losses as such, but to reduce the carbon impact of the losses, which of course would mean that for the, you have to compensate for losses, you have to buy energy as a DSO to compensate for losses. And if you, for example, procure that from renewable energy sources, then you have, to have of course, a, a low or non-existent carbon impact. And I think that is what they really are aiming at. I don't think they care in the first place about the energy as such, but they care about the, the climate effects of the energy that is used up in losses and that has to be compensated. So what I think is really is bringing these two things together, the unhealthy reduction on the losses, as, uh, the unhealthy focus on the reduction of losses as such. And on the other hand, the genuine objective to say that we have to do something about the climate impact is to change the intention of the paragraph to say DSOs should be incentivized to focus on reducing the climate impact of the losses that they have in their system, which would then, of course, mean you can also reduce physical losses whenever it's possible. But you can also think about how to compensate them from more climate-friendly um, sources of generation. I think that might be the way to go forward.
0: Uh, thank you. And as a final question, perhaps because you already said something that could be improved in the proposal, and now to ask the counter-question, what do you think is the best improvement or the most important improvement that Recaster, the EED, introduces?
1: For DSOs, I think it's indeed it's that, that they somehow acknowledge the role of DSOs by saying they produce wider benefits. That's also an Article 25. And these wider benefits, then they should go the next step and say, okay, what do we have to do in order to ensure that the DSOs can really do that and fulfill their role? But I think that acknowledgement is very important and should not only be kept in the text, but should be realized by taking further measures.
0: All right, thank you. So we have on the one hand, the proposal really recognizing the importance of DSOs and this is a very welcome improvement, but on the other we have some room, we identified some room for improvement in the area where incentives shouldn't be not so much for the for the reduction of network losses per se, but for the reduction of, of, of carbon emissions. Thank you very much for this conversation, Torsten. It was absolutely great to have you here.
1: It was a pleasure, Drago. Thanks a lot.
0: And this was our short podcast on energy efficiency and the DSO business, where we focused on the recent proposal of the commission for a recast of the energy efficiency directive. I invite everybody who listened to this to read our feedback response, which is published on EDSO's website and to tune in for our next episode of EDSO series, the podcast for smarter grids. Thank you. And until next time.